Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis, where we invite you into honest conversations about life, love, and leadership. Welcome to season three. Well, welcome everybody to season three. Woo! I can't believe it's season three. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. We are so grateful for the time that we had off over the summer yes. uh, to just be able to pray and seek God on where we wanted to go with this season for the podcast. And we're excited to be back with you. <laughs> uh, we just love the feedback that you guys have given. The reviews that you put online have been so encouraging. And we meet people at Colts games. We meet people at other churches. Oh, I listen to your podcast. Those are your podcast. So thank you guys for sharing over the last couple of seasons. Uh, we're grateful to be able to have honest conversations uh, in your car or on the treadmill, or wherever you are right now, listening to this podcast. Yeah, I'm, let's go back to the Colts game. <laughs> um, we were getting popcorn, and this sweet lady was like, "Are you Justin and Trisha Davis?" No, like, that's no, that's not what she said. <laughs> we are getting popcorn at the Colts game. This is a preseason game a couple weeks ago, and this is my life, you guys. Uh, the sweet lady is taking orders. And she sees Trish and literally tears start welling up in her eyes. And she's like, oh my gosh, are you Trisha Davis? I, I read your book. Your story is so powerful. I heard you speak at a conference. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know your name. And she points to me. I'm, like, <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> I'm Justin. And uh, that's that's how we roll. And that's, that's but real. But to know me, Justin's kind of freaking out. Not so much that she doesn't know his name, but because... I'm I am such a pastor at heart. I'm like, oh, I just want to, you know, get back, you know, behind the concession stand and let's talk. Like, I tried to even hug her, and you Justin's did. like, you're. But anyway, it's been amazing. And if you've been around a po our podcast or if you're listening for the first time, uh, we come out with a, a new podcast twice a month. So the first and third Tuesday. The first Tuesday is Justin and I chatting up about, sometimes it's our theme, um, sometimes it's stories like going to the Colts game and <laughs> the amazing popcorn lady. And then on the third Tuesday of every month, we have special guests. And these special guests are incredible. Yeah, I mean, some of them are authors, some of them are uh, clinical psychologists, professionals. Um, we have people who are living examples of authenticity and transformation in our life. And we want to share them with you. And so we have a great lineup uh, that we've already recorded some. We have some mm -hmm. that are lined up really all the way through the end of the year uh, to record. And we are just excited about season three of the Let's Get Real po uh, podcast. And I just kind of feel the number three is special to us these well, days yeah. because my man on October 3rd is coming out with his second book. <laughs> we giggled because... Trish couldn't remember the subtitle. I struggle with subtitles, even of our own books. So it's being real. It's greater than, it's being, greater perfect. than being perfect. You say it. You're better okay. at it. So here's the public service announcement and the <laughs> promotion during this podcast episode. Being real is greater than being perfect. How transparency leads to transformation. It's the how that gets me. How trans... I forget the how. I know it's transparency and transformation, Trish, I just want to say it's the how that gets everybody, <laughs> right? Because if everybody knew the how, we'd all be transforming. There you go. There you go. But we are throwing a big old party on October 3rd, and you can go to our Refine Us Facebook page, and we're going to actually live stream it. But if you are local or, I don't know, you want to drive? make the drive, you can get tickets online. Where can Being they get and you'll scroll down and there'll be like an event bright link there. It'll say, get your tickets here. 
and the tickets are free. It's just helping us plan for seating, and we've got some giveaways that we're doing that night. Mm-hmm. And if you want to pre-order the book, you can go to beingrealbook.com as well. That pre-orders are super helpful in the success of a book. Um, but all the information can be found at beingrealbook.com. And we were talking about how like this book in particular, even though I didn't write it, I've lived a lot of it with him, but it it really is our life message of what we do with Refinus Ministries from our coaching and our, our free master classes. I don't know if you're if you're new to our podcast, we last year did a free master class every month and had thousands of people show up. Yeah. And it was what was incredible about it wasn't so much us. I mean, I think we're good at what we do. I hope we are. But just everybody's um, desire to be fully known, to be fully loved. And that begins with just transparency, like being real rather than being perfect. And that really is what birthed this podcast is being real. Yeah. And that's really the heart of our ministry. And and why this is so important is, you know, for those of you that have been around a while, maybe you're new, you don't really know the heart of our ministry, but Trish and I travel and speak uh, a lot or all over the country. We do marriage conferences primarily. And a lot of people have the perception that what we talk about is marriage. And that is true. We do a five session marriage conference uh, at churches, but the predominant uh, comments that we get afterwards, whether we speak um, just on Friday night and Saturday, or if we stay over and speak on Sunday, this is a lot of the comments is how, how How did you Mm -hmm. guys change? How did you guys repair your marriage? How did you guys Um, really break the cycle of hurt and dysfunction and bitterness and addiction that you had in your life. And that's what we love about doing this podcast in particular, because even though a majority of the time we're talking about marriage topics, I would say 50% of the conversations we have are with people who are single, like in their young 20s. Even we've had some high school students even approach us and ask us how. We've had people who have been single again, who have gone through a divorce. And so this podcast is for everybody where we just talk about getting real about life. Like how do you get real about life, about love? You know, love is, it's beautiful and really complicated. And then leadership, like how do we lead ourselves to be able to lead others? And so today we're talking about, I think a topic that is both life, love, and leadership. Like you can, you can have it in, in all of those areas and it's a spiritual being in a spiritual desert. It is. And, and as I was typing out some notes, for this episode. And just, I felt like God just laid this topic on my heart a few weeks ago. And I brought it to Trish and said, Hey, I would love to open up season three with this topic. And as I was typing it out, babe, I got to admit, I thought it was, I thought I was saying deserts, but I was typing desserts. And so every single time I typed it, I used two S's instead of one. (laughs) Okay. So I have a special trick for you that my friend Eve Annunziato taught me. Okay. The difference between desert and dessert is dessert, you always go back for seconds. So there's two S's in dessert and only one in desert. Well, thankfully, uh, we're not typing this out <laughs> in front of you. That was free advice for all of you. And if you guys want to talk about spiritual desserts, um, <laughs> I think the most spiritual experience I've had with a dessert is maybe the Great Wall of Chocolate at P.F. Chang's. Mm. Well, actually, you know, there's nothing but bunt cake that yes. I had with uh, some friends in Nashville for my birthday, my 50th birthday a couple, yep. couple months ago. And that was a spiritual experience. So there are spiritual desserts, but let's talk about 
spiritual deserts. deserts. Spiritual and I think deserts. this is a topic that a lot of us struggle with, and we don't know necessarily even how to articulate sometimes. It's not that we're ashamed of it, um, that we all have seasons of dryness. We all have seasons of um, kind of a, a lack of vibrancy in our relationship with God. And I, I just wanted to kind of open it up for discussion of what do you, what do you do when you're in a spiritual desert? How do you know if you're in a spiritual desert? And, and what are some ways that we can reconnect with God, mm-hmm. even when we don't feel like God is there? Or maybe we don't even feel like it, right? And I think that's been kind of a season that you and I have been in um, the last couple of years of knowing that God loves us. This isn't, a, this isn't your knowledge. This is, this is your emotions. This mm-hmm. is your, it's almost like there's a, you know, the Holy Spirit is living in you, but it's like, it's almost like it's been unplugged. Yeah. It's like, it's there. Like yeah. the, the, there's electricity around you, but you're not plugged into it. There's just a, there's a dullness or there's, there's not the intentionality or the, um, the, the vibrancy. Yeah. I mean, and when you think of a desert, it feels not just dry and barren, but it, it feels lifeless. And then the things that do grow there are like prickly things, you know, it just feels, and it feels endless and, um, like a consistent endlessness where you just think, gosh, this desert goes forever and ever and ever. But even like the physical deserts present in our world, they do end and they are surrounded by beauty and water Um, eventually the desert ends. But I think when you think of spiritual desert, one of the things that you and I were talking about is kind of the first step is just recognizing. And I mean, like admitting that you are in a desert. (laughs) We like to pretend that, you know, we're living our best life in the midst of the desert when we're really just really dry and just depleted. And then what happens is like, everybody and everything just feels off, not wrong. Just like, like you're having trouble just showing up in what feels like palm tree spaces. Well, and I know I'm not talking about the presence of sin. This is not, these are not sinful choices that you're making, right? Mm -hmm. So this isn't, this isn't an indictment on your behavior. This is not an indictment on your character. This is a spiritual condition that you're navigating that maybe you didn't even choose right? Maybe you were hurt. Maybe you were disappointed. Maybe you feel like God didn't come through, or maybe you're just exhausted. And so I started thinking about ways that I can tell if I am in a spiritual desert. And one of the, one of the telltale signs for me is like a lack of patience. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm constantly, um, impatient or I'm irritable or, um, I take things personally like there, there's a, there's an elevation in my insecurity. I'm like nodding my head to affirm what you're saying, but not nodding my head is like going, yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, you're awful agreeable over there. Like, give me a break. But if you, if you can do an inventory of your emotions and are you, are you impatient? Are you irritable? Are you, um, are you, do you, is there anger in your life, right? Like, mm. like you're under, you're, you're evaluating yourself going, why did I just react that way? Or mm. why, why can I not sleep at night? Why am I um, constantly driven to the next thing or to be busy, right? And when I'm in a spiritual desert, overworking is kind of a, 
That's your go-to? That is my go-to because if, I, if I'm constantly busy, then I don't have to think about my relationship with God. Yeah. Right. I can perform for God and I can accomplish things for God and I can do things to serve him. I don't have to think about my heart connection to him. Yeah. I think another kind of indicator is, you know, kind of in a different lane that maybe you, you, you don't feel like what you just described, but like you're reading God's word and you're trying to pray and you're going to church and your intentions aren't to like go through the motions, but it's like, you are emotionless. Like, it's mm. like, God, where are you? You know, and things could be really good in your life. Um, in fact, I was just talking to a friend that he was saying just like everything is good, but he just doesn't feel like, I don't know, that God is speaking to him. Like, not that he's absent. He's just not responding. And so like, what do you do when you're in that kind of spiritual desert? Well, I think if, if that, if you are resonating with this, I would just encourage you, like, look back through the Old Testament specifically, and so many people that did th significant things for God felt abandoned, felt alone, uh, didn't hear from God, begged God for things that weren't, you know, prayers that weren't answered. Um, you know, Jesus himself was physically led to a desert. And, and so when I'm in a spiritual desert, I'm rem I remind myself of that truth because what we're talking about, if you've been a follower of Christ, what you think to yourself is, well, I should know better. Like I, I should not feel this way because I should be a better Christian or I should be, you know, more advanced in my faith or I should just pray more or I should just read the Bible more. And this isn't about you doing more. This is about you recognizing that your faith has seasons. And God leverages every single season, seasons of great flourishing, seasons of great success, seasons where he is leading you and you can sense his voice and you can, you know, his direction and you have a hundred percent confidence in his plan. And then seasons where you feel abandoned or you feel alone or you feel lost or you, you feel let down. God is going to leverage those seasons as well. And you, you know, you said something, Trish, that one of the reasons uh, why I want to do this podcast is, um, you know, for six years, we led Hope City. And, and for six years before that, um, I was on staff at Crosspoint Church in Nashville. So there was a 12-year run where I was cranking out messages. You know, that was part, part of the roles of, of a pastor. Mm -hmm. And I it's so weird because... I would not consider myself an administrative person. Like I don't really like thrive, you know, returning email, but I'm a very routine person. I think part of that has to do with playing sports growing up. I just, I have routines and I have superstitions and I have, I have rituals that I go through and I, I developed those um, as a pastor as well. And so I wanted my outline to be turned in on Wednesday by noon. Like that yeah. was like it, even before we even had a church, yeah. we didn't even have a, we, I was turning my pro presenter notes into myself, <laughs> but I had to have my outline done Wednesday by noon. And one of the routines that I, that I got into, it was, it was, it was one of the ways that I felt like I connected with God. I'm going to get emotional was I would, I would play Spotify as I was doing message prep. Sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't playing okay. around. So I would, I would 
I have a playlist. It's just uh, it's uh, Becca Becca, our worship pastor at uh, at Hope City. She made fun of me because I had like 1996 uh, Hill songs on there. <laughs> but the playlist is called Worship Songs Justin Likes. And uh, and I made the mistake of sharing it with some people on our staff, and then all they did is just make fun of my old person uh, taste in music. But anyway, I would play this playlist. I'd set it on. Uh, I would set it on shuffle and just and. You, you know this because you would come in on Saturday nights. I'd mm-hmm. be in there going over my message and that, that play was to be playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've been able to speak uh, several times since the church closed in April of 2022. But I haven't played that playlist. Mm. And um, a couple weeks ago, I got invited to speak on my book for the first time. And I was at a church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, great church, Heritage Church. And I'm putting together what the content is not new, but the message is new, if that makes sense. So the content's from the book, but I'm putting together this message. And I played the playlist. And it was in that moment that I, what I realized is I haven't been playing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I didn't even recognize yeah. that I hadn't been playing it until yeah. I played it, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And so it was just this really emotional moment for me. Obviously, as you can tell, sorry if I made you uncomfortable in your car. <laughs> um, but it was just this really emotional moment because I just realized, man, that part of my heart has been disengaged from God, mm-hmm. like uh, like unconsciously, right? Like that wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a conscious thing. Like God, you closed the church. I'm not going to listen to worship music anymore. But it was like, um, it was like this. Uh, this aspect of my heart that was like re-engaged yeah. and but I think that that's really a great indicator when you are in a spiritual desert there is um, a health and an unhealth to what you just said and I think the health part of it is when we're in a spiritual desert and we try to do the same things it becomes about our agenda and how we want to see God But, you know, I think for you, you took a break from something that was triggering and wasn't, um, it didn't put you in the presence of God. It put you in a presence of sadness. It became a barrier. But in the kindness of God, you found your way. Our first church, um, our mission statement was finding your way back to God. And I think when you're in a spiritual desert, the, the truth in it is that God doesn't change. He is still who he says he is, but he allows us to transform through that. And your appreciation for that playlist, you know, even when you were listening to it every week, it was your routine. It was a part of like, um, it could easily become the business of God rather than your relationship with God. And then to return to it, it was like this, this, um, coming to a well of water and the way that you drank from it was so different. And I think that's the beauty of remembering that deserts do end. And sometimes they end in ways that we don't expect. Yeah. And I think one of the things that has been, it's been good and also frustrating. And those of you that have been in spiritual deserts, maybe you can resonate with this, but I'm going to say out of a seven day week, I'm going to, I get up and I do a quiet time where I read uh, my daily devotional and and I journal 
on a great week, five days on a bad week, three, but I'm, I'm consistent. I'm, I'm consistent. I'm three mm-hmm. to five. Now it's, you know, it's a failing grade, uh, even on the curve. <laughs> um, no, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably three to five weeks, no matter what, three to five days a week, no matter what. And on a great week, you know, I'm going to, I'm doing it every single day, but it, it, it was a muscle that I was working even though my emotions weren't there. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's different than just being religious. Like God doesn't want you just to do spiritual disciplines out of obligation. And that wasn't why I was doing it, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be faithful to those disciplines so that when my heart caught up to my habits, I was ready for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think if you've been wounded by the church, if you've been let down by God, if you've had a spouse that's left you or a job that you lost, or maybe you lost a pregnancy or like trauma happens, right? Like mm-hmm. disappointment and heartache, they can take a toll on our faith. And so I think if, if, if you are in a season of sadness or mourning or discouragement, my encouragement to you would, would be to lean into the spiritual disciplines that that are comfortable for you that you Mm -hmm. feel like when I feel when my emotions are healthy again these Mm -hmm. are the things that will help me feel connected to God because at some point your heart is going to catch up to your habits and so if you can maintain those habits then you're doing everything that you can to it's almost like um oh who is it is it Louis Giglio or somebody tells that story of the difference between buffalo and cattle um, when a storm comes, cattle lay down. Right. And uh, when a storm comes, buffalo charge it. Right. Right. And so, you know, if you're in a spiritual desert, and you're like, well, this sucks. My life sucks. And everything about my, you know, my world is just falling apart and God's not here. And I'm just going to sit down and pout about it. That is a, that is an option. And God, God will meet you there. But I think it lasts longer because we're not moving. Yeah. I think one of the most incredible modern day um, experiences of this that we got to watch. And I don't know if she's a person of faith at all, but really the, you know, we're all created in God's image and in us, he created, you know, we are like God is in us. Yeah. And, um, and that's Simone Biles. Like we watched her through the Olympics just have um, kind of a mental health moment and she took ownership when really the world, not just her team, not just gymnastics, but the world would have told her, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps. This is the Olympics, just finish strong. But for her to finish strong, meant to step away and it took greater strength to step into that desert. Like she knew like that, like she, I think they call it in the gymnastics world, um, the twisties. It's like she was mentally at like the yips in golf or something like that, where you kind of just, you can't. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to say sure. Just just nod your head. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But you're like, it, it wasn't even about will like her whole mind, body spirit was just like, I, I can't do this. And she found herself in a desert in the midst of the world watching. Yeah. And the beauty in that is everybody had opinions, lots of opinions. 
And I think for many of us, when we're in a spiritual desert, because we're so dry, we use people's opinions to fill us up Mm. or to get gratification, Validation. validation that we're not getting from God. So we look to it elsewhere and then we are so disappointed Yeah, because it may like fix things for a little while, but then it's just like, you feel you're right back in the desert. And so if that's you and you're like, Oh man, I'm just so ready to be out of the desert. I do want to encourage you there. There is lush land (laughs) there. It's, it's there and you will find your way out of the desert. But I think, you know, we talk about let's get real. It's being honest and just literally being where you are, not where you think you should be. Yeah. And then in that, it, it takes, you know, I, I think Simone did this so beautifully. Like she dove headfirst into self-care. Yeah. So if you feel like you're in a dry desert, self-care is not selfish care, but self-care is figuring out like, you know, I, I think I may just need some help. And that help may be through like what fills you up spiritually like if you're you're trying to do the things that all the voices are telling you to do and their opinions and it's not working, well, it's not working. So where do you meet God? And it may not be a Sunday morning service. It may not be journaling in the morning. I'm not a morning person. I don't think Jesus meets people in the morning, but it's fine. <laughs> you know, maybe for you, it is just, it's getting out in nature or maybe for you, it's sitting in solitude, but life is so busy that you're just like, I don't, I don't have the luxury. I just can't do it. Lock yourself in the bathroom or your closet. Like just choose, like you said, Justin, like choose those things to allow God to meet you in the desert. And I would say another way is maybe find a spiritual mentor, Hmm. someone who will pour into you, who isn't trying to pour out of you. I had a pastor inbox me on Facebook and he's like, man, I'm really excited about your book. Um, I just think, you know, it's really hard for pastors to be real. He's like, would you have a few moments to talk? And I think he was really shocked because I had just sent him my cell phone number. I said, I'm, I'm available anytime. And so we, we talked and, and he was telling me just how lonely he is as a mm. pastor, just how he doesn't really feel like he has anyone that he can share that loneliness with. And just, you know, he's like, I'm 40 years old and I, I need to, I'm trying to mentor younger people, but I need, I need a 60 year old in my life. Like who's going to mentor me? He's like, I've asked so many people to mentor me and I've just been shut down. And it was just this reality that we all desire someone with like a machete about 10 feet in front of us. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's a great image. Just clearing the path a little bit. Yeah. And so I think it's a really good, you know, if you're in a spiritual desert, maybe it's a spiritual jungle, right? And you just, you need to find a guide that can help kind of clear your path a little bit so you can see light at the end of the tunnel. Um, You know, one of the things that I really appreciate about you, Trish, has been I know that you've experienced seasons in your life where God has felt really, really close and really, really near, and then seasons where that's not been the case. How have you not allowed your emotional state to dictate your spiritual health? Mm. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think as I've gotten older, 
just in case you didn't know, Justin just turned 50 and I'm Easy. right around the corner. Um, why, why, why did you use you getting older as an opportunity <laughs> to tell people about 50? But there is a beauty in getting older because you get this gift of hindsight. And so now, you know, almost, you know, five decades in, whatever, it, I can see some of the patterns in my life that were good patterns of when I was in a desert, how I found God. But what is different in every single of those seasons is how God shows up. And I've had to recognize that I can get so focused on how I expect God to show up in the desert that I get frustrated even more with him. But that when I kind of lay down the expectations that I place first on myself and cultural expectations about, you know, as a person, you know, you and I don't just speak on marriage. We speak at other churches and in, in different events. And, and there's, when you're pouring your heart out that way or writing a book, um, there's a spiritual battle that any, that most of us feel as leaders. And, and this could be you in whatever you lead in where you feel like, no, I have to be the person that they think I should be. Mm. And then we start to live in inauthenticity right. and then inauthenticity turns into hiddenness and then hiddenness turns into poor choices. And then we just spiral from there. How would you classify, um, I, I didn't realize when this turned into an, me interviewing you, but I just have another question for you. <clears throat> How do you distinguish between self-care and escapism? Oh, that is such a great Like if, if, you're, if someone's in a spiritual desert, how can they know, man, I just need to take care of myself versus I'm just trying to escape? Mm-hmm. I think some indicators of escapism is an unbalanced need to do that thing. And so if you're constantly just wanting to run to it and you don't want to do anything else, and so I don't want to deal with my kids, I'm going to run to this. I don't want to have to deal with my bills, I'm going to run to this. Escapism is just that. Like you use that very thing to escape from your world. Self-care brings it into the fold of your world where you're able to operate in those different parts of your life um, but value self-care as an important piece to how you live your life. And so it's, it's going to those things to take a rest, to get filled up. For some people, they're like crazy extroverts. And so their cup is filled when they are with like an insane amount of people. All the introverts listening are like, I'm tired just listening to that. Um, but maybe for an introvert that feels like they're in a desert, you know, that's not going to be their go-to thing. So it's figuring out and asking a very critical question that I'm going to be honest with you. It's hard sometimes to discern when you're not in a good place of what's escapism and what is rest. And the reason that is true is because sometimes we live as if we need the rest when the season of heart is over. Mm. Right. And, and we live in seasons when we are on the mountaintop, a valley is coming. And but it's in the in between where the beauty of life happens. But if we're so focused on getting to the mountaintop or so depressed from being in the valley, then that's where escapism is the only constant 
in the madness that we feel is the chaos of life. And so that's why we keep going to it. That's really good. That's so good. Um, well, I want to share a scripture with you guys um, as we close, because this is really kind of, um, have it really hit me on my, my daily Bible reading when like out of the three of the five or six days that I did read it last week. But I think this was from August 30th and it's a passage out of Ezekiel chapter 37 and it's a prophecy. And so, um, it, it, you know, it's not one of those feel good, easy to understand passages, but I think because of where I've been over the last year or so, this passage just really captured my heart and maybe it'll capture yours if you're in a spiritual desert. Um, this is out of Ezekiel chapter 37. It starts with verse one, and this is Ezekiel talking. He said, the Lord took hold of me and I was, a, I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. There were scattered everywhere. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your land. Then you will know I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. And it was just this reminder, that passage was just this reminder to me that you could feel like dry bones all over a valley right now. God's spirit is moving and he will breathe life into you and he is there and he is patient and you can heal and you will live again and you will sense God's spirit again. And I love how Trish said it, it is a season, but there is hope and life and breath on the other side of that season. And, um, and so I just, uh, I hope that that's encouraging to you. Um, if you're in a spiritual Desert. One other resource that I'd love to um, mention to you is a book by Gary Thomas called Sacred Pathways. And it's, it's, was, it's been a helpful resource for me over the years because he describes, I think, nine different pathways on how we can experience God or how we are wired to experience God. And so if you find yourself in a spiritual desert, that might be a great resource because maybe you're trying to just pump yourself with worship music and worship isn't your pathway. Or maybe you're like, I'm taking walks in the fr- in the forest and I don't sense God's presence. <laughs> well, maybe nature isn't your pathway. I hate mosquitoes. I'm guarantee you, I'm not going to connect with God trying to fish. I that would make me upset. Um, but I, I do know what my pathway is, and so maybe that book would be a helpful guide for you trying to dis- discern what that pathway might be. Okay, so in season three, we were like, what is the question we want to end with? Just may have nothing to do with our topic because Justin and I tend to be heavy in this podcast, which is true. You call me heavy? What are you talking about? (laughs) Because we're getting real. So the question for season three we are ending our podcast with is, what is something you are excited about? What is something that you're looking forward to that you're excited about? Mm -hmm. So you're asking me now? Sure. Okay. Well, we're asking you as a listener to just take a moment to, you know, gratitude changes our, you know, attitude. Just, oh, oh, I, I got to say that. Put that on a sticker. <laughs> and probably, someone's probably said that. But yeah, what is one thing that you're grateful for or excited about? Is that two different things? Probably. Probably. But one thing you're looking forward to. So you have anticipation for. Yes. Yeah. I think I know what yours is. I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up. Okay. I'm really excited about Micah's book coming out. Our oh, son has written yes. a book, and I don't say unfortunately, 
um, it comes out two weeks after mine. And so I've been so focused on promoting and distributing and getting the word out about my book. I'm really looking forward to his book coming out. It's called Trailblazers, and it, it releases on Tuesday, October 17th. So I'm really excited about that. I know. I'm so excited for my boys. I'm also excited. Micah must be our theme because Mike is our oldest. He is 27. Gosh, we are so old. And he is launching his first church plant, which people are like, did you pray your kids would be in ministry? I was like, nope. Um, go get into that, business. Run for the business, hills. Get that business degree. <laughs> but he is launching a church in uh, the city of Indianapolis. So I'm really excited about that. September 24th. Yeah, that's crazy. And... Um, this weekend marks 20 years ago that we launched our first church. So it's yeah. just been really fun. So thank you so much for joining us for our first podcast of season three. We pray that you are encouraged. And if you're looking for more resources, um, we have a free masterclass. We will do this masterclass three times this year. And so if you know someone or if you're in a place where you are wrestling with broken trust in your marriage, then this free masterclass is for them. It's going to happen on September 12th at 8 p.m. And then again, the same content on September 13th at noon. That's Eastern Standard Time. And so if you know anybody who would need that resource, they can find information at refineus.org slash restore. And you can also look in the show notes and we'll put the link there as well. But we can't wait to share this content with you if you're struggling with restoring broken trust. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. 